Stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. All right, welcome to another episode of Spirit Katana. A journey of a father and two children as they explore um, the sword of the spirit, the word of God, the Bible. Um, the last three weeks we were working our way through at, or through Luke. Now we are journeying into Acts, which was also written by Luke, Luke. the same person who wrote Luke. Yes. Um. And we even see that even in the beginning here. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach. And remember, last time he referred to excellent Theophilus. So, this is continuing writing about Jesus. Well, only briefly. And then um, the mission he left for the apostles and their adventures. And I find the book of Acts to be quite an exciting tale. There's a lot that happens Mm -hmm. in the beginning of the church. I am your host, the old man, and with me are... Jade Fire. Ruby. And we will will begin with Acts 1. Starting there, we have Jesus uh, gives his last little instructions to the... Well, little. His last instructions to the apostles about um, spreading the word. Um, how they will, how he's going to send the Holy Spirit upon them, and that he will come back. Yes. Someday, but it's not for them to know when. <laughs> they don't get to know. Nope. None of us do. Nobody nope. knows. Yeah. Any um, minute. Underline that section. My notes. Um. I thought the Holy Spirit couldn't promise, but then I read a little bit more of it, and then I realized. Oh, it's actually Jesus who is part of the Holy Spirit chain. What? Jesus' promise. Oh, the promise of yeah. the Holy Spirit. Yes. You got to give us the title. Not everybody has the same titles. Oops. Um, yours is called the promise of the Holy Spirit. Now, the promise of the Holy Spirit doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit is promising. Yes, I realize. It is like the promise of a gift. You Mm -hmm. have been promised a gift to come, right? Things like that. Mm -hmm. That's kind of that idea. Granted, Jesus and God, the Father, and the Holy Spirit are one. So if Jesus is promising something, you could argue that the Holy Spirit is also promising you in a way. But (laughs) But they're each their own person, yet they're still combined. So I would say that... um, you could technically say that, but it's more so Jesus promises this. All right, so then, uh, yeah, Jesus uh, disappears in clouds. I think he says that's how he's going to come back, even. Um, Except Or he'll come way. back the same way he left, basically. Except coming down. Right, a different Not direction. Up, down. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, after Jesus ascended, what happens next? Um, 
someone or Judas gets replaced. Who was Judas? Um, he betrayed Jesus. Mm. So they needed a new apostle to replace Judas? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I found that interesting how they... I don't know why they had to do that, but I found it interesting that they did replace Judas. Yeah. Yeah, it's... There's some interesting patterns in the Bible of numbers of seven being a very common one and multiples of it. And same with twelve. Like, there was also 12 tribes of Israel, okay. correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. There yeah. was. There was. So, um, go ahead. So, most people say there was, like, 12 apostles, but someone replaced Judas, but Judas was used to be an apostle, so um, there was 12 apostles, and then it went to 11, and then back to 12, but altogether... There was 13 apostles. Until we get further into Acts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? What? How are, are there 13 apostles? Total. Like, if you're looking at all of history. Didn't Judas come also? He was... Yeah, but he was one. So that means there was 12. And then they added one more, 13. Yeah, the other one's gone. That's what he said. It went from 12 to 11 to 12. But out of how many people have been apostles... 13 oh. is the number. I thought you meant there were 13 team. apostles around. And was there any qualifications? What? Oh, yeah, there was. To be an apostle. <sighs> I lost where you guys were. 21, maybe? Uh, let's see. 20. For said Peter, it is written in the book of Psalms, May his place be deserted, let there be no one to dwell in it. And may another take his place of leadership. 21. Therefore, it is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time the Lord Jesus was living among us, beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us. For one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. And so they nominated two men. They had Barsabbas and Matthias. Mm -hmm. And they chose, well, they didn't choose. Who chose? Jesus. God chose. God. And because how did how do in they way, how did they let God choose in biblical times usually? They asked him. They cast lots. Right, like with Noah, and, or no, not Noah, Jonah. Yep, Jonah. Did they this. sound a lot alike. Their name. Yes. So I mix. And they both involve water. And boats. Uh huh. Uh huh. All right. So Matthias joined, and we move on with the story. Uh, chapter 2. Yep. And this is where the Holy Spirit shows up. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, uh, we have the Holy Spirit showing up at Pentecost, and it was, seems like it was quite the exciting event, um, because there was a really loud sound, like a violent wind blowing. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire, and it rested upon each of them. So f- these fires split apart. and like, On each of the apostles? Yep. Yeah, they were all together in one place. And his Peter's oh. sermon at Pentecost is as long as our church service. <laughs> <laughs> Paul addresses the crowd. What I find interesting about Paul addressing the crowd specifically, though, are verses, I think, 17 through 21. Oh. 
In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So, um. this is a quote from the prophet Joel um, that Peter's using. And I find it... So, growing up, Revelation was a book I really liked to read. Oh, okay. Um, this is the last book of the Bible. It talks about the end times. The end of days. That, you know, leading up to Jesus returning and the world being demolished, and we have new heavens, new earth, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Very exciting stuff. I never understood all of it, and there was plenty of people that had plenty of different theories involving how that's going to look, or when it's going to start, and things like that. Well, they don't know when it's going to start. They don't know when Jesus is coming back. I would make an argument, and some others would, uh, based off of reading the whole Bible now, <laughs> and specifically things like this, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. What just happened? He, pour he poured his spirit out on everyone. Uh -huh. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. It's being passed. We have the Holy Spirit now. Mm -hmm. And they were given gifts, spiritual gifts. Like they were able to prophesy. Not everybody, but like some will prophesy. Some will do this. We'll get into that later with First uh, Corinthians specifically about spiritual gifts. But, so there's just these different things that come with it. And he starts it off with in the last days. And how we can, in those days, we can also call upon the Lord and be saved. Which we can now that Jesus has paid the price. So we're in the last so days So the last days the started with Jesus' death and ascension and resurrection and then ascension to heaven. There's a lot of last days. Yes, because it, we view time very differently than God does. <laughs> or he Jesus. Views it like, snap. Yeah. So we've been in the last days for a long time. Because it also talks about the signs of like the sun being turned to darkness and the moon to, moon to blood. And maybe it'll be more so. I don't know. But we see that every so often. We have cycles of it. It's called a solar eclipse. And the moon, you've seen it look like blood before. So this is stuff that happens already. So, I mean, those might be signs when we get to a certain specific point as well, but it's already something that happens. There's also prophecies about how they're in those last days. I think Jesus says it or something. There'll be rumors of wars and wars and violence and things like that. But we have that already. We have wars and fighting and all this stuff. That's already a thing. <laughs> and we also already have false prophets and antichrists, which are also warned about and things like that. So... We're already kind of living those last days. Now, we might die before those last days are ever finished, because obviously they've been going for a while now. People have died. So I just find it very, very interesting. And worth noting. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. If How we about, could oh, backtrack a little bit. Yes. Um, I, like, I thought it was interesting when they were surrounded with the tongues of fire. How when they um, came out, they were empowered the spirit, and they were just speaking... That um, they could, everybody understood them of all languages and stuff. Yep, speaking and uh, speak in other tongues as the as the spirit enabled them because it's the spirit that did it. Yep. 
And I wish that could happen with you, me because I want to learn Spanish so badly. But do you know, um, do you guys remember the beginning of First Corinthians 13? No. The love chapter? Oh, yes. What does it start off with? Love is patient. No, that's that's like verse four or something. I don't know, three. Um, I don't remember. He leads up to describing love after saying some other stuff. Okay. If I were to speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but had not love, I'd be a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Mm. Ah. Tongues, and that's because chapter thirteen is actually it is about love, but it's also about spiritual gifts. Because if you look at chapter 12 and chapter 14, it's all part of the thought about spiritual gifts when he's talking to the Corinthians about it. So it's just very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Because we should desire spiritual gifts. We should be utilizing them and stuff, but we should also be doing it for God. If we're doing it just for our own glorification, then we're nothing better than a loud, noisy clanging. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So... What else stood out to you guys during this event? What chapter are we in? We're still on two. Okay. What did you think about the end of chapter two? About how the church and the believers um, oh, wow. came together. Oh, wow. Chapter two goes over here, too. Okay. Uh, I thought in verse 41 how that they there were 3,000 um, people were baptized and added to the church. Mm, yep, yeah. The message was spreading quick, but, yeah. you know, when you have the Holy Spirit like, coming down and excited, like, that's pretty exciting. It's going to draw some Kind of as if someone whispered into someone else's, kind of like it, so we're in a big classroom with, like, 300 people. One person wants to pass a note to the person on the opposite side of the room. It, everybody, and he wants everybody on the way to read it. So then the message just goes, and everybody will be like, hey, maybe we should do that. <laughs> An interesting analogy. <laughs> I thought that afterwards, including that 3,000 that were added, they all devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. So getting along with one another and talking to each other, being a community, and breaking bread together and praying together. And they saw many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And... All the believers had everything in common. They sold their possessions and everything they didn't need. They were getting rid of, and they where shared. It, where does it say they had everything in common? Uh, they sold, uh, let's see, uh, verse 44. All the believers were together and had everything in common. That just reminds me of something from Acts 4. Oh, we will <laughs> touch on that in a bit. And yeah, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. So anybody who else needed something, they were willing to sell their stuff because they didn't need it. Um, and they ate together, and they were glad, and had sincere hearts, and they praised God. And yeah, so things were, um, they were getting along well. And it just is an interesting picture of, I think, what the church should be more like. Instead of a lot of the division that exists. Yeah. Even among believers. Uh-huh. All right. Moving on to chapter 3. I actually like this chapter because I have memorized chapter 4 and it does some leading up to chapter 4. Correct, Mundo. Okay. Um, Can I share the part I like the most? Is it at the beginning? Uh, 
It's in verse two or three. Okay, go ahead. No, two. Oh. Um, this is something the apostles get in trouble for next for. Um, about a crippled man from birth was sitting at the beautiful gate and was begging people to give him money. And Peter and John were like, can't give you money, but I'll do more for you. You know another word that's used often to describe somebody who can't walk? Lame. So my title for it is Peter Heals a Lame Beggar. Mine is really... Healing at the Beautiful Gate. That's cool. But... <laughs> Mine says the lame beggar healed. Can I finish my thought? Sorry. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> so, Peter heals the lame beggar. It just sounds funny because we use lame for a different meaning <laughs> in our current culture. So it makes it sound like he was kind of pathetic. I mean, he was probably kind of pathetic being lame and having to beg. But you know what I mean. Pathetic in a different way. You're just lame. You're a loser. <laughs> Money! But anyway. Yeah. Peter and John were the ones that did that, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I also really liked um, when Peter is uh, speaking with people. Because um, they were all astonished and came running to them. And he's like, why is this surprising to you guys? You stare at us if it's, if it was some power that we have. Like, we're, we got superpowers or magical powers or something. But it's not us. It was It was God that made this man walk. Yeah, I, I even kind of simplified it a little bit. So, my my simplified version um is like men of Israel. Why are you astonished? Yep. That's practically what they're saying. Yep. Yeah. So it's just I I find that interesting. It's like you shouldn't be surprised by the stuff. It's not by our powers, and it's not by our own godliness. It's not like us being closer to God or anything like that that we were uh-huh. able to do this. It's also just a good reminder for me because. Like, for example, with all the trees we wanted cut down around here. Oh, yeah. And how expensive it was going to be, and we were worried that if something ever happened, like a tornado or wind, it would smash our house. And we did get rid of three, which probably would have smashed our house in the event. They were most deadly. Um, well, no, no, there were some closer ones, bigger ones, too. But because then we did get a tornado, didn't we? And it did knock all the trees down. But the direction they fell, the ones we already got rid of, are the only ones that would have hit us. And the rest fell away from the house. And so, and you know what I was? I was astonished. I'm like, how can this be? Yeah. Not thinking that, of course, God can answer these kinds of prayers and do things. (laughs) Not that he's going to just, like, take care of every little nuisance we think we have or whatever. But it's just, yeah. And now our playhouse is made out of the wood that from the trees. Yes. Yep. Anything else for chapter three? Yes, actually, I think it's in- interesting that um they say that, and it shall be to every soul who does not listen to that prophet shall be destroyed from the people. Like, how can they be destroyed from the people? I just don't understand this part. Ah, well, so maybe my translation that I'm reading through will make it a little clearer for you. Mine says, anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people. Ah. Does that make sense? Yep. 
And it's actually a uh, reference to something in uh, Deuteronomy, it looks like. Yeah, so they're basically just being taken away from their people. Although your God will raise up for you a prophet like me, let's see, for Moses said. Uh, so this is something that Moses had said. Um, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from their people. And, like, who did the prophets get raised up to talk to? God. God's children. They they were getting right. words from God. We're in verse 22 and 23. Thank you. Um, and so, if they're cut off from God's people, who are they actually cut off from? God. Yep. <laughs> you don't want to be cut off from his children, mm-hmm. his family. Yeah. Um. At first I thought it meant, like, they'll be destroyed a distance away from the people <laughs> or something like that. Like, they'll have to be taken, like... Out across the country and then obliterated. <laughs> gotcha. Understandable. Understandable. Language. The language and the way it's written can be confusing sometimes. Chapter four. The one I've memorized in ESV. So not Passion Translation, which is what I'm using. So. Yep. So Peter and John got a little bit in trouble for their healing and preaching. <laughs> oh yes. Apparently, the Sanhedrin didn't like it very much. Mm-hmm. Who's the Sanhedrin? Uh, the priests and the captains of the Temple Guard and the oh. Sadducees, all those Sadducees. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're sad, you see. Yep. Yep. Not actually in the Bible. So, anyway, these, um, important people. You can call what you called them before. Now I know. <laughs> <laughs> they, that, uh, didn't necessarily like Jesus' teachings and certainly don't like his apostles' teachings. Well, continually. some of them are the ones who agreed to kill Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, they, and I can t- tell you this without looking at my Bible, um, that they're like, can't we're tr- we need to, them to stop, but we can't punish them because they're doing good. But we need them to stop, so let's just warn them not to speak anymore in this thing. Well, it's not that, but it's they're afraid which they shouldn't be afraid of this of the people that are going to maybe stone them if they take them and you should only fear god is something that i thought of when i was reading that and that the fact that they were worried about the power that they had and how it was being challenged and that the people would stone them and they weren't worried about doing what's right for god because dying for him shouldn't be that big a deal Shows you that maybe their teachings were a little off because their hearts were in the wrong place. <laughs> right? Yep. They are not obeying the law of God. Also, I thought it was interesting that um they had uh, everything in common. Like, how can they have everything in common? It says in the Bible, I'm pretty sure it says in the Bible that everybody has at least one feature about them different. Everyone is different. Well, yeah. they had everything in common. Not they didn't look all alike. That, that's common. Like um, when it says that uh, they just they were. Sh- there's a couple different ways that that could be meant. Um, it could just mean that they shared their beliefs of God, and who Jesus was. They had that in common, or that they shared all their stuff in in a common area, kind of like where everybody like they shared their living spaces and everything like that. Um. All it really means is that they were united. Okay? Uh, okay. 
they weren't arguing over stupid, disputable things and separating and starting their own churches somewhere else and teaching that God isn't the savior and Jesus was just a false person or whatever, that they were all that of the same belief. Don't and... believe. <sighs> okay, that, that clears Because up. even later you'll read about how we aren't all the same either because uh, if we were all, because we're all part of the body of Christ. So like some of us are called to be the eyes or, or the ears or whatever, like different body parts. You can't all be eyes. Because that would be freaky. And how would you hear anything? Or say anything? If you were all ears, how would you see? <laughs> you know? That's that's talked about, too, by um, one of the apostles. I so. like that one. If you were a nose, how would you see yeah, you hear? Yeah, exactly. We, have, we need a bunch of people doing different things. We need everybody at every job, otherwise... So you were talking about uh, how they were told that they're not supposed to talk to anybody. They're, they try to intimidate them even though they've, you know, admitted to themselves that they really have no power here because there's nothing they can do. Yeah. And so they're trying to still, like, throw their weight around. And I just <laughs> yeah. circled the four for chapter four because that's, it's my favorite chapter in, like, one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible. Um, <laughs> and I'm memorizing it, so. Why yeah, it's probably one of your favorites because it's one of the ones you know the best. Probably. Um... Anyway, but um, I thought it was interesting after they tell them not to say anything, and then Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. So it's like they even put it in their hands, like, you could decide, but really, who are we supposed to be listening to? As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. And I really like that, because there are people that will try to quiet you. They'll be like, I don't want to hear about Jesus. Or, even if you are talking to other Christians about things that you've seen or heard, they will try to silence you because they don't want to believe some of that stuff about him. For example, the whole tornado story. There are people that would tell me to not suggest that, that God did that for me. Because God doesn't work on things like that. Which is a belief I kind of held on my own. I didn't necessarily say that for other people. But I definitely held it in my own head. Like, why does God really care, care about these trees that I want to remove? That's such a small thing to him. You know what I mean? Like, yes, it would make my life easier. Or maybe even safer. But, like, that's like he's not going to just throw wind and knock these trees out of my way to help me out. And then he's like... Right. So I had my own like disbelief there. And then I even had... Some rather, twice for sure, I've had some rather supernatural dreams. Uh, one was definitely an attack, um, not a good one. The other one was definitely to lead me into doing something that I should have been doing or should have done. Like It was basically a signal for me to finally take another step in a certain direction. Um, and again, there are people that will tell me that, that God doesn't work that way. He doesn't give us dreams. Which we just read in Acts about the spirit coming down in the last days. And we're oh, in the last days. If you just read through the whole Bible, there's plenty of visions slash daydreams. Dreams or anything. There yeah, are... Oh, like a rich dream. Um, like, ask for something and I'll give it to you. And he's like, I want to be wise. 
Oh, that was that's the Old Testament, but yes. Yes, but still, it's in the Bible. Yeah, well, my point is that people will tell you that after the Bible was complete, so with Revelation, that's when the gifts drifted off. So they were. They some people believe that we no longer have them. They're not a thing anymore. And I think it's a an interesting thought process. Interesting theory. Uh, sure, 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 sure. But I don't. Yeah, it's, it seems seems up. But it, it, my point is, people will try to silence you, even if they are fellow Christians and do believe that Jesus is the only way and are saved, that they still will try to stop you from sounding crazy. <laughs> Quote, unquote. Well, the main part is, like, all those are tidy things. The main thing is, if you don't believe in Jesus, you're not saved. If you do, you are. Anything else, just put aside. Exactly. Anyway, um, you said there was a connection between chapter 2 and chapter 4. There was something that you liked, and you're like, oh, and that oh, comes up in chapter 4. Yeah, um, the man being healed. Uh, no, that, that was chapter 3. There was something before that. And it was more than oh, just uh, one the chapter. church being together, being oh, in Oh, all one. in common. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was chapter 2. Okay, so yeah, in chapter 2 they talked about they had all things in common, and you said that reminded you of something on chapter four? Uh, Fire already brought it up, kind of, with how he was wondering about common and stuff, how they had everything in common. Uh, that's probably part of it, uh, where the church just had everything in common, and they had everything in common, then, mm. kind of thing. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. That's gotcha. what I was talking about. So, anything else stand out to anybody in Chapter 4? Since this is your favorite, and you're memorizing it, is there anything else that you want to bring up about it? I had a favorite verse. Oh, sure. Uh, Verse 11. Mine, too. I circled verse 11 because it's my favorite verse. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. Right. Yeah, that's my favorite verse. I can verify. He's told me about it before. Why do you like that verse? Um, I think it's interesting that Jesus gets like, no, we don't want you. And then he ends up becoming the main thing because the cornerstone, without the cornerstone, everything would be unbalanced. It'd just fall apart. Yes. Is that why you like it? Kinda. Uh, Jesus is just like what we need and this verse just kind of says that Jesus is what we need because we're all stones and we're perfectly fine right now. But if Jesus wasn't there... We we'd be everywhere. We'd fall apart. Yep. Jesus is something we need. All right. So, is there was there anything else in chapter four? No. Okay. So, chapter five. Ooh. Ananias and Sapphira. 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 All right. Um, who are Ananias and Sappy? Ugh, Sapphira. Who are they? Um. Well, I'm gonna do a little ending of four, where people were selling things and bringing everything, and like giving it to, putting it at the apostles' feet so that there was not a needy one among them. They just distributed it to everyone. Yep. That's kind of part of this beginning story and stuff, so. Yep. like to throw that in there. Yep, that's very important. And it's and it, again, connects to 
chapter two where they sold property and stuff and to help the needy and yes yes except these people lied all these people that went to live the things that these two people oh. these two people annie and Safi. it's a sword right the bible's a sword right <laughs> yeah you're not supposed to murder though that's that's one of the ten commandments well we're not murdering we're killing we're not doing it out of hatred. Uh, yeah, you are, actually. You're very annoyed with me. That is a hatred-filled killing. Oh, that is murder. I'm going to do this for fun. It's still murder. Huh? <laughs> killing somebody without good reason? Murder. <laughs> Ow. Killing somebody by accident with a car? Manslaughter. Right. I'd like to... Killing somebody because God told you to? Also different. Kill. Oh. This is different than here. Yes. <laughs> I was like, so about the chapter. <laughs> anyway. They murdered. So, okay, so they sold property too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they gave the money to the apostles? Some mm-hmm. of it. Some of it? I thought they were giving them all the money. Dawn. No, Dawn. they um, held some back secretly and they only brought some of it and left and kept the other back for themselves. And when and God had revealed this to Peter, and Peter was like, Ananias, because Sapphira's Sapphira was back somewhere else. Maybe she's getting Taco Bell or something. <laughs> Love me some Taco Bell. She was getting. <laughs> well, anyway, um, Sapphira wasn't there. Um, and Ananias, and Peter was like, Ananias, why have you uh, lied to. Uh, actually, Peter also says, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart and lied? And he also says, um, You have not lied to people, but to God. Yep. And um, and then uh, when Ananias heard all these words, he immediately took his last breath and fell down and died. And then some young men brought him out and buried him. And three hours later, I believe, about three hours later, um, Sapphira came in with her Taco Bell. And she said, and she didn't know what had happened. No one had told her yet. And the feet of the people who were bearing Ananias was were at the door. And he's he says, Anana, or Sapphira, you and Ananias, with your knowledge, kept back some of the proceeds. Is that true? And she, I think she says yes. I'm not sure. That could be something else. No, what happens is Peter asks her, tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Yes, she said, that is the price. So she also lied because she knew the truth. And then Peter said to her, how could you conspire to test the spirit of the Lord? Listen, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out also. And then she died too. Yep. Probably from the poisoned uh, Taco Bell food. Yeah. What happened? What happened with the Taco Bell? It was probably poisoned. All right. (laughs) Uh, anyway, I do find this interesting because none of these people were required to sell their land and bring the money. They didn't have to do it. And that's what Peter even says to Ananias. He's like, why? Why? 
This was your money. This was your property to give. So why are you choosing to lie about what you're bringing me? Yeah, it's a, like... It was your trouble. money. Probably not. You'd be like, I mean, this is good, but it would have been even better like, like if you brought Because we're supposed to give with our heart. Like, if our heart's in the wrong place, then it's not really the same. And so, yeah, I just find it very interesting that he lies over something so stupid. Yeah. And it cost him his life. Uh-huh. And his wife's life, who joined in in the lying. He was is misleading her. Yep. Yeah. Well, and she agreed to keep some of the money aside for themselves. Yep. Which also shows that they weren't trusting God. Keeping the money for themselves. Because God would provide. Exactly. When I first read it, I um understood that they had to give away every single penny that they had. But now I read it again, and I'm like, oh, they just have to give every single penny that they got from the sale. And they technically don't even have to. They didn't have to do that either. It was something that they were called to do, I think, and they chose to do, but they didn't have to. Yep, 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 yep. You sound like um, that dinosaur, or like Big Mouth from Land Before Time. Yep, 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 yep. Ducky. Ducky, yeah. I smell... I smell... Ducky! You smell me? Or was it Petrie? Does she smell Petrie or does he smell Ducky? I don't remember. Who? Petrie and Ducky. Who's doing the smelling? That's what I'm asking. I don't remember. I think... No, I don't know. Petrie. I'm leaning towards Petrie doing the smelling. Because I think he was standing on top of Ducky or something and she was in the water or something. Oh, no, 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 no. Like, um... uh... The main dinosaur is like, I smell water, and then Petrie's like, I smell, I smell, Ducky! Was she on him? On his face? I don't know. She, they were right next to each other or something. Back to chapter five. So they, after all that, there's some healing going on. The whole church is kind of afraid. They're afraid? Maybe not the whole church. People that aren't oh. the church. <laughs> uh, the great fear dead. sees the whole church and all who heard about these events, about Ananias and Seppi. Uh, it's Sapphira! Sapphira! Get it right! Say it. It. Don't don't make him say it. No, say the correct Don't make way. him say, say it! He's just going to say it way. wrong. Say it. It. Say Sapphira. Sappy. <laughs> I right. told you it's Sapphira. All right. Anyway. Why? So then they. Uh, so the apostles did a lot of signs and wonders and healed many. Even Peter's shadow could fall on people as they passed by. Yep. Yep. He's pretty impressive. No, he's not. God's pretty impressive. Or at least. Yeah, they at least hoped that it would. Yeah. People would put them so at least maybe his shadow would fall upon them. Um, and then the apostles are persecuted. What does persecute mean? Uh, being attacked and hurt or arrested and things like that just ah. for being who they are or saying what they're saying. Yep. Ooh, I like this actually part. Illegal. But yes, I really do too. Oh. Um... Well, yeah, we had the angel of the Lord open the doors and let them out of the jail. 
That's exciting. Yeah, and then they're told to go. They're cool. even told to go stand in the courts and tell everybody. <laughs> so they're supposed to just go back and do more. Um, it's like go in prison because you were in here doing this. But in like, go back and do it some more. But in particular, I really liked the Pharisee Gamaliel. Gamaliel. Oh, I remember, I remember who tells that whole spy of like last year. He's a teacher of the law. He's a Pharisee, and he was honored by everybody. But he stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered that the men be put outside for a little while, and then he talked to them about Wait, you them. Highlight all the talking too. Uh, of him talking to him, yes, because it's really interesting. Because he's like, "Hey, guys, I get too. listen, okay, and think about what you intend to do with this, because we've had other people show up and claim things, and people follow them, and then they die, and everybody scatters." So obviously not a god, right? So just let these guys do their thing. And if it's human origin, it will fail and it will fall apart. If it's god, there's nothing you can do about it. So stop. And you might even be found opposing god. <laughs> exactly. So maybe maybe we leave these guys alone for a bit, just in case. Just maybe, just maybe. <laughs> yeah, I really like the end of it. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. Yeah. Don't want to be finding yourself there, because who can withstand him? Well, they typically were already fighting against God when Jesus was here. Yes. And what did they do again? They brought them in. They beat them up a little bit, flogged them, and told them not to speak about Jesus anymore. And the apostles left rejoicing, for they had suffered for Jesus. Mm-hmm. For his like, name. We did not stop them. Nope, nope. They went to house and to house preaching about the word of God and in the temples. All right, chapter six. Chapter six. The only part I have underlined about this because it's such a short chapter is Stephen is seized. Is seized. Mm-hmm. And that and uh, who is Stephen? An apostle. He's chosen among seven godly men who were fasting and being prayed over because Peter and John were like, find your most, your seven most godly So the twelve men. gathered all the disciples together. Disciples. The apostles gathered the disciples together. And they were like, we need to choose seven people to take care of these things because we can't with all our other responsibilities. Like waiting the tables and all that stuff. So they... They prayed and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit. Also, Philip, Pro- Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, <laughs> Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. And they presented them, laid their hands on them, and sent them off to do things. And then, yeah, not long after... So, like, the the task they give them, what was it exactly did they say? It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Right? So the Jews, because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So, like, people needed food, especially, like, widows and the distribution. Because they were handing it out every day. Like, everybody had their daily bread. Because they all had sold their stuff to make sure everybody could keep being fed and whatever. And so they needed somebody to take care of this while they continued preaching and healing and doing signs and wonders and whatever, you know, bringing more people into the church. And so it seems like a pretty low job, right? It seems kind of lame. Like, oh man, sweet, I get picked to go hand food out to people. I want to go heal people. I want to go prophesy and have 
amazing dreams or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. That's what a lot of people look for because they want the glory, yeah. which is not why they're supposed to be doing it. We're supposed to be bringing glory to God, but they want to do the exciting stuff because it sounds so much fun and exciting and it would make you look special. But anyway, is it any less to be serving these poor widows that aren't getting their food? No, this is a very important job, actually. Oh, yeah. And to just show just how important these people were, we have Stephen, who gets arrested. And then he talks for three-fourths of a chapter. Because did Stephen perform great signs and wonders? I mean, Yes, he did. He also got to do so. Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. Which is also why he got arrested. <laughs> then he preached for three parts of a chapter. Oppositions arose, however, from members of the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called. Um, and they began to argue with Stephen. But they could not stand up against the wisdom the Spirit gave him as he spoke. Because where does any of our wisdom come from? God and the spirit he put on us. Then they secretly persuaded some men to say, We have heard Stephen speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God, which he did not. And it's just really interesting, because like, people, when they don't like what you're saying and stuff, they'll make up lies if they can't stop you. And they'll claim that you're being blasphemous, even, even other Christians or people that believe in God. And so they stirred up people and everything, so they seized Stephen... And then I also think it's interesting that while he was sitting there, his face was like the face of an angel. I highlighted that part. Okay. All right. Now we're in verse 7? Chapter 7. Chapter. And chapter 7, I think, is super interesting as well. Uh-huh. And I do like his big old speech sermon there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I only highlighted parts of it. If I highlighted the whole thing, I'd highlight almost the whole chapter. I just like that he goes through the whole thing with a, a big chunk of the Old Testament, but just very quickly. So we get the whole story of Abraham mm-hmm. and Isaac. We skip over Abraham's first son that he had because he tried to take matters into his own hands um, instead of trusting God. But we have Abraham and then Isaac and then Jacob, who becomes Israel, who had a favorite son named Joseph. Joseph. I had, I had those two confused, actually. Which we've learned a lot about recently. Um, big part because so, uh, Vacation Bible School. Yes. And then our church is actually doing a sermon series on Joseph. And mm-hmm. so then our missional community is also talking about Joseph. <laughs> but then, yeah, so then there's Joseph. And he was sold to Egypt because the other brothers, brothers like were jealous. And But because of that, like, God had a plan for it all. Because Joseph went there, he was able to save his own family from the famine that was coming, uh-huh. along with the rest of Egypt. Yeah. And... Then they all became slaves of Egypt, and then Moses was risen out of that by being raised by the Pharaoh. Well, Pharaoh's daughter, or whatever. And then he left and ran away, but he came back and brought all the people out, right? Yeah. We had the Exodus, which is a book in the Bible, Exodus. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they all left and did the Red Sea, and they wandered in the wilderness. So like, we had all of this to, to get Moses' law and everything, so I just find it... A very cool little recap of everything that happened. And then we get to even David and Solomon, the kings. And finally, Stephen pretty much yells at them. 
You stiff-necked people, your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. You are just like your ancestors. You always resist the Holy Spirit. Because he even talks about the prophets that all rose up throughout that time. When the Because the prophets were usually ro- risen up to tell Israelites, knock it off, come back to God. Or to tell them, this is going to happen because you turned your backs on God, and then you will be rescued again. Okay? So, listen to God. And he's like, and you guys persecuted them. You hurt the prophets, just like Jesus. <laughs> you guys suck. Stop it. You're resisting God and his Holy Spirit, which could be on you. <laughs> and so, yeah, then they dragged him away to go kill him. And he's the first one killed, besides Jesus, for preaching the gospel. Besides Jesus, of course. Well, he's our first martyr that isn't Jesus, yeah. And then, chapter 8 is kind of the end of that. And it's an interesting, because it's kind of like separate a little bit. Like, it's interesting that it's the beginning of the next chapter instead of the end of the last chapter. Because they talk about how they killed Stephen, and Saul approved of their killing him. And so we were, were finally introduced to Saul, who becomes a big part of Acts and the rest of the Bible. But we'll get there later. Spoilers. All right. Um, but then, then, the, then a great prosecution, or prosecution, a great persecution broke out against the church. So, like, all of the Christians were starting to be persecuted now and arrested for teaching what they're teaching. And, then... and guess who was the leader of all that? Well, Saul was part of it, for sure, yep. Well, he was the one who he wanted began to dis- Yeah, but, well, he was one of them. He was a diligent in that regard, because a lot of everybody, the Sanhedrin, the Pharisees, all that stuff wanted them gone, for the most part. Except for, like, you know, some thought, maybe, let's not do that. Yeah. Um, and what happened when they were persecuted? They escaped. They scattered. All across. Now they're not just in Jerusalem. Which, let's say they all had the flu. <laughs> That's kind of the same idea. They all had the word of God. Except this, the flu hurts you. The, the word of God is going to heal you. Yeah, but, yeah. So they just spread oh, oh. the gospel even further by doing God this. God uses everything for good. And yeah, Saul was going from house to house, dragging people off, both men and women, and putting them in prison. Can't not believe he was taking women a great too. Not a great guy. Very, very harsh. And also... I mean, he fully believed he was doing the right thing, probably, but not cool. And also, um, at verse 9, um, it says Simon the Magician believes for the section. I didn't know that they had magicians back then. Mine's a sorcerer, but yeah. Mine says joke. But they don't know, do they even call him a magician in the actual chapter? Probably not. Just that he was doing... powerful things. Powerful things. It says... But there was a man named Simon who has previously practiced magic in the... Oh, yeah, mine says sorcery, yep. And amazed all the people, and he boasted that he was someone great. But then the then these other people showed up, and they're doing real power, because they're powered by God or whatever, and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. These guys, these guys are something. I want to do that, too. And then... I think he does do some pretty good stuff teaching uh, Cole. He, he was... Well, he's saved and baptized, isn't he? Uh, I think so, but he teaches a whole crowd about Jesus, and then the apostles were like, oh, let's go bathe them in the Holy Spirit, and then the, whoever he is, Simon, tries to buy that with money. Yeah, Simon himself believed and was baptized, and he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles, and then they found some other people that had that um, were baptized and they had prayed and stuff, but they hadn't received the Holy Spirit yet, so then they laid their hands on him and they got the Spirit. 
And when Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, Give me this ability as well. So that he can also lay his hands to give people his spirit. Um, and they rebuked him. Yep. I think something else that I didn't know is that knowing Jesus is the Savior and stuff and then getting the whole Holy Spirit are two separate ordeals. Yeah. You have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. Repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord in the hope that he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. Then Simon answered, Pray to the Lord for me so that nothing you have said may happen to me. So it seems that he really does want to follow. He's just misguided. And then we don't learn anything else after that about Simon the sorcerer. We move on from that. So we don't know if he actually did turn or whatever. But it's just a very interesting story. Because of somebody who was... He really wants to like have the Holy Spirit and be godly, but he also isn't. He's also still somewhat focused on his own glory with his powers. And then I think this next story is also super interesting. In chapter eight, what wraps up our our time today? Mm-hmm. Philip and the Ethiopian, or the eunuch. What do you think about the story? I really like this part. Yeah, me too. Okay, I was All right. going to say about God, God kind of controls everything. Yeah, it's a very interesting story because Philip is led to talk to this guy who's trying to study the scriptures, but he even admits, how can I know what they say unless someone explains this to me? And so then Philip goes through the whole gospel, right? About Jesus' life and how he came and why he came and all this stuff, which is really cool. Right. And then what does the eunuch, Ethiopian eunuch, want to do right away after that? Get baptized. Get baptized. He sees some water on the way and is like, here's a river. Let's go in there and get back. He's like, what's stopping me? from? Mm-hmm. Let's, what's stopping it from happening now? Let's do it. Let's go. I want to be saved. I want to follow Jesus. Yeah. And, and then what happened to Philip? He's gone. Go now, the, gospel somewhere else. the way is described. It just says the God or the spirit or something like that just took him away to another place. Yeah. Where did he take him? I don't remember. I, I put my... Ah. Uh... Uh, all right, here we go. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. Why did he stop his until I wrote? Why did he stop there? I don't know. But my point is that... Like, the way it's described, that he's, as soon as he came out of the water, he's gone. It sounds like he was just lifted away. Yeah, like... Like, he didn't, he didn't say... Like, some will tell you that it just means that he was led to go somewhere else, and so he left right after baptizing to go to the next towns and go start preaching, which is possible, but the fact that it says it right after he came up out of the water, the spirit took him away, or whatever, makes it sound like he basically, like teleported him or flew him or whatever. Or, or, it really or, or, sounds or, or, like that. Like, it doesn't sound like or the other people's theory. It's like, start running to the city. It's just, a, just start running. <laughs> so yeah, that's really interesting. Alright, well, that is Acts 1-8. through 8. We will be going through 9-16 through 16 next week, but first, before we close out, what are your takeaways or application for this section of the bible 
Like what the same thing that we normally have. Like yes. Here. Okay. What can you apply to your life from this? What did you learn? That you might die, but it's still good to preach the gospel. And even if other people tell you, no, stop preaching the gospel. Or even like the police tell you, like, stop preaching the gospel. Still go and preach it. My takeaway is I think uh, you shouldn't fear. I already know that you should only fear God, but I definitely need to work on that. Understandable. And how do you think you can work on that? Uh, probably praying some more for help from God and reading the Bible. Yeah, maybe praying every mor- morning, or well, every night at least, and probably every morning would maybe be a good practice. Something you can try over the next week, and s- then we can check in to see how well you did. And you, how are you going to work on yours? Maybe focus on talking about godly things instead of gamey things. A little bit more could be a good start, don't you think? And especially if you start talking about the things that you're reading, it'll stick in your head better, too. And the more you read and are diligent about it, the more you'll have to talk about and ask questions. I mean, asking questions is great, too. Just okay? like I asked, where, why did he stop at that place? Yeah, like, I got no answer. I know, I know. I'm just saying, like, on day-to-day basis kind of thing. When you have questions, just bring them up, okay? For me, what was it? Oh, um... How can we not speak about what we've seen and heard? That's my verse. Not be afraid to share the miraculous things that have come, but also to recognize that just because people would want me to stop, that doesn't mean I should necessarily. Now, in relation to that, especially when it comes to authority, I want you to remember what you've told me, Jadefire, specifically. About what your application is now. Even if the police were to tell you to not speak about God, you should still speak about God because they're telling you to go against what God would want you to do. And there are people that still die in other countries because the government will stop them and arrest them or kill them for preaching and kill their families because they realize that killing the actual preacher, they'll be like, yeah, I'll die for God. But when they threaten the families, that's when it gets harder. Fortunately, they know that that's a danger, and a lot of times, with wisdom, they'll have talked to their families about this and be like, this is a real risk, and I cannot turn against God. And they all accept it, generally. Well, sometimes what they do is maybe their family moves to another country or something, and then they seg money. Yeah, if they can. If they can do that, yeah. Anyway, there's precautions, for sure. But my point. Oh, absolutely. And my point is, as I want you to remember that there are times to stand up and not obey authority. Especially as we get further into the Bible where it talks specifically about authority and governing authority. okay? Okay? So I just want you to remember this because you're not wrong. But I want you to remember this when we get to things that might suggest that you're wrong. Unless you understand the whole context of the Bible. Okay? Yeah, you gotta read the whole Bible. You do. You gotta put it all together. All right. Well, let me close this out. In prayer. All right. Dear God, thank you so much for this opportunity to record these things and study your word and to sharpen our blades. Um, And um, should we ever be called to draw them or duel with them, help us to be prepared. Um, And to remember to fear only you. 
not anybody, not any person, not any thing. Um, now that isn't to say that we shouldn't be wise and you know go inside the house if there's a wolf at the door or something. But but do not fear anything. But you do not let our being scared direct us in different directions and help us to um, speak your word with confidence and understanding and when we lack that understanding to be able to seek out the answers either through our own study or talking to others who might know more um, and just come to understand you better as we do it and help me to um, recognize that you are powerful that you have given us gifts and that you are do work in miraculous ways that we can hardly believe at times and to recognize them and to be willing to share them even when others might want me to stop um and we pray all these things and we pray that you bless the rest of our day in jesus name amen